0: You're listening to Elden Ring from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Tsukasa Sato. Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and this is going to be another solo episode. I was hoping this one would be up sooner. Uh, It was planned to be the week right after the Horizon Forbidden West episode while Bedroth was out of town. Bedroth's back. We have an episode already recorded together, but I still wanted to get this one out. But before we get to the show, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whatever app that you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. It really does help out in terms of visibility for search results so that This show continues to grow. Remember, we are on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. You can head on over there, check out our tiers, see what we're doing. If you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to each episode as they upload works wonders as well. Special shout out to current executive producers, Chexax and Zanku. You guys rock. Thank you so much. Who's sick of Elden Ring? Not this guy. I'm about 120 hours in, still loving every single second that I spend in that world, and I've been excited to put together this playlist. We are doing a spotlight on Elden Ring soundtrack today, and kind of like we did for the Horizon Forbidden West episode a few weeks ago, when Bedroth isn't here... Just so that this isn't an entire music episode, I am going to be splicing in some discussions that we've had recently on previous episodes of the Max Level podcast. We have talked a lot of Elden Ring over the past few weeks here at RPG Era. If you're interested, Kyle and I just did an episode for his podcast, The Media Files, which uploads on Fridays, but we did a spoiler cast somewhat for Elden Ring. And I say somewhat because... We didn't really spoil much. There's not a ton of stuff to spoil in terms of, like, narrative or anything like that. We talk bosses, we talk some end game stuff, but we don't really spoil anything, I don't think. Especially if you've been paying attention to all the Elden Ring stuff out there. I I don't think really anything was spoiled. So if you're interested, go check that out. But what we're going to be doing today is listening to some really excellent music from Elden Ring and uh, listening to some discussions that we've had recently. So I'm excited to do this. I hope you guys enjoy the uh, the spotlight episode on Elden Ring. Obviously, it's more about the music and less about the discussions, especially if you've already heard them. We will be back tomorrow with hopefully a double upload, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to pull that off. So if I don't, tomorrow will be the episode with Bedroth and I that we recorded the other day. And then we are going to have a radio hour as well, which I was hoping to get up before March closes. I don't know if I'll have a chance to, but if I don't, it'll be up on uh, April 1st. And hopefully that won't be an April Fool's joke. (laughs) But all right, let's kick to our first block of three tracks that we're going to listen to before we jump to a little bit of discussion on Elden Ring. So we're going to kick things off with Invader from Elden Ring, of course, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Shoi Miyazawa. (laughs) we <laughs> Coming up next, we'll be taking a listen to Aired Tree Nights from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Tai Tomosawa. up is dragon from elden ring released february 25th 2022 composed by yuka kitamura I did pick up Elden Ring on Friday, though. I yeah. uh, obviously was very much looking forward to this. I am a huge From Software fan. I am a huge Soulsborne fan. I love Dark Souls. I love Bloodborne. I love Sekiro. I love everything about From Software, and Elden Ring was just looking like it was going to be the cream of the crop in terms of the formula that From Software has kind of been doing over the last several years. They're taking what they have with the you know the insane difficulty in the combat putting that in a massive open world and this formula just works it's special And I really do feel like this game deserves all the praise it's been getting over the last week since the reviews have been posting. This game is 10 out of 10 pretty much everywhere. It was the top rated game on Open Critic for a short time until they gave that back to Super Mario Odyssey when it dropped down to 96. It's still the number two rated game on Open Critic of all time. I do think when all is said and done, Elden Ring will go down as one of the greatest video games of all time. I think this game is just really special in terms of what you're able to do at any time. So, as soon as you start the game, there is a set path for you to follow. You are resting at the Sites of Grace, which are basically your torches or bonfires, or yep. lanterns that you're used to um, for any From software game, you know, resting at one will reset a majority of the enemies, but it also replenishes your flasks, your health, everything that's important. Mm-hmm. You also can level up at these relics of or sites of grace. You can. Uh, there's a lot of other elements like ashes of war, which change your weapons and combat skills. There are ways that you get other flasks that you can kind of put your own enchantments on to do different things. A lot of things you can do at these sites of grace that you weren't able to in some of the other From Software games. But that's because Elden Ring has a lot of other mechanics and components going for it that uh, you know Bloodborne or Dark Souls or Sekiro didn't really have there because of the open world nature. So some of the Sites of Grace, when you touch them or when you rest at them, will have like a yellow stream pointing off in a certain direction, and that's your indicator of like where to go next, somewhere in that direction, kind of like how Ghost of Tsushima handled it with the wind. It's very similar to that regard, so you just kind of go off in that direction until you find another Site of Grace that will um, either have another stream pouring from it, kind of telling you to go in a different direction, or if it doesn't, then you might be in the area that you need to be in. So start wandering around, and you might come across a dungeon, or you might come across a a main fortress in the game where the main bosses are held, which is usually what those streams are pointing to, the main bosses. The other bosses are all found in various mini dungeons, various caves, various labyrinths, that do act as sort of like some of the more closed-in areas that we used to see in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. They're not open, you do kind of like zone into them. Um, You you can just still walk right out, it's still part of the same open world, but they they do act as like a, a separate thing as well, so that when you go in there, there are other enemies and there is going to be usually a boss encounter that isn't nearly as difficult as the main bosses in the game. They still hit hard but mechanically yeah, yeah. they only have a few simple mechanics. You just have to dodge know when to move, know when to do shit and as long as you keep chipping away, they they go down fairly quickly. It's the yeah, yeah, main yeah. bosses that are, you know, the, the crux of the game and, and where um most people are going to struggle because that's what these games are always known for. They're incredibly challenging and tough boss fights, but the beauty of this game is that you can literally go whenever, wherever, at any time. So, if you're feeling like you can't tackle the main bosses, you can just explore because if you just try to follow the main path, you will miss 60-70% to 70% of what Elden Ring has to offer. Okay. It's not pointing you to all the side stuff. It's not pointing you to nearly some of the fun content that you can find. It's not pointing you to some of the best weapons and armor that you can find, especially in the early hours of the game when all of that stuff is crucial. Like, yeah that's meant for you to find on your own. It's meant for you to explore. The game tells you that, right? Like you shouldn't just stick to the main path. There are a lot of things that you can go out there and find a lot of benefits to going out there and struggling through it. And if you're good with the combat and you know how to play the From Software formula to where you can stay alive, you can find some really good stuff in some of the areas that you're not supposed to be in yet that'll immensely help you out in the early stages of the game. And then the horse that you get, Torrent, it makes it to where you can just run around for the most part and not have to engage in combat like you used to have to do so often in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. You never used to be able to just run away and escape combat. Now you theoretically can. So it does make surviving in this world a lot easier than it used to be. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you th- you usually can summon your horse and attempt to run away. And if you get far enough from the battle, you likely will escape. So I've been having a blast just kind of running around, seeing what I can find, trying to find some of the optional bosses, the optional content. I'm not trying to look up too much stuff, you know, there are some things that I know I'm going to have to go back and look up because I'm not going to find everything on my own. This game is packed. There's so much content in this world. The map size isn't massive. It's relatively yeah, yeah, small. Yeah. It's relatively small in terms of like open worlds when compared to Breath of the Wild or Cyberpunk or or anything like that. Like, it, I think it might even be a little bit smaller than Horizon Forbidden West in terms of overall scale. But the amount of content that's there, like you walk from one area where you just left a cave that had a dungeon and a boss and then like, you know, 100 yards in front of you is another warp that you can take to another area with another boss. Like there is so much content packed in this world that you're always having something to do and you're always finding things to do and more areas to explore, ruins to kind of go into. There's usually cellars in every ruin to find that have items in them as well. And there's so much replayability because there's so many different classes and content here. There's 10 classes, all with different unique starting stats, and each one kind of dictates how you're going to play in the early stages of the game. But as you level up and go later on, you're not locked to anything. You can play however you want to play. You can invest in whatever stats you want. Even if you start out as like a warrior, you can still turn into a mage if you want to. It's not going to be the easiest path because you, you know, you start out with so much health and so much strength and everything that you don't Mm -hmm. need as a mage, which you could then, you know, you're missing out on and maybe intelligence and in um, mind, so that way you have a, a stronger magic pool.
1: But, yeah, so you kind of not min-max in there. You've kind of... you spent some points on your strength already, so you can't put it back in. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you will eventually get to a point in the game where you can respec, but you can never okay. respec less than what your class started at. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is beneficial to choose a starting class that at least has the stats in mind that you know you want to aim for at the end of the game. So for me, at this point, I was thinking I was going to kind of rely on a dexterity intelligence build, uh, which allows for, you know, melee combat, but putting a stronger emphasis in intelligence means I'm sort of a hybrid melee mage. And they actually have a class that is for that called the Prisoner.
1: Right, Which okay.
0: k- kind of starts out like um, Tales of Arise. You're wearing this like iron mask, more or less. And, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> eventually, you can replace it, but that iron mask is super f- powerful. And, and I, honestly, okay, like, okay. It, it's actually a pretty strong helm. Um, but uh, that class, because it was the one that I think had the highest dexterity and highest intelligence of all the other classes, I was like, "Well, shit, I'm just gonna go with this one." And I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because the enemies and the bosses in the game are a little more challenging for me at this point, since I just can't run in and, you know, swipe them down with a blade or whatever, and and magic isn't nearly as strong at the early stage of the game than it is in the later stages. Now that I'm like, level 30 plus, after exploring the world forever, my magic is beefier than hell, I can usually take most things down with a couple, you know, elemental blasts or something. It doesn't take long to kill shit now.
2: So, actually
0: most things I can one-hit at this point. Right? Um like the main enemies that I'm supposed to be fighting in the area where I'm at and the bosses, I'm doing a decent amount of damage with, with my with my mage spells at this point. Uh, when I have to run in and try to do melee, like if I run out of um, mana or whatever, and I run out of the flasks to restore that, I can still survive and I can still do damage. I'm using one of those, like, piercing swords. So not necessarily a main sword, kind of like a fencing sword almost but I've leveled it up to plus five already to where a rapier, it, yeah, like a so, sort of like that, sort of, it's just not what it's called, but um, right it, in, in the called in the game, it's just called like a piercing sword, but it is sort okay, of like yeah, a, yeah. a rapier almost. All right. Well, let's get back to the music. We have another block of three coming up and to kick things off, we're going to be taking a listen to air tree avatar from Elden ring released February 25th, 2022 composed by Tai Tomosawa. Next up is Margit the Fellowman from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Tsukasa Sato. Next up in this block, we're going to be taking a listen to Regal Ancestor Spirit from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Yuka Kitamura. But yeah, no, I'm I'm just having a blast with Elden Ring, dude. Sean was actually talking about it. I was trying to convince him because the game is technically full co-op which is a first for From Software as well. You can theoretically play alongside a friend with the entire game. You guys just have to use the same password in your multiplayer. It'll put you in the same world and you can play together. It's really cool. Um, so from
1: what, what I've heard is um, uh, the Xbox didn't start. They had a later patch or something. There was some difficulty there, uh, but that has since dropped. You can now play co-op on multiplayer. Um But is it that if you play in co-op, you can no longer use summons? Because summons are kind of your way to get around not having anyone else to play with.
0: Right. So if you have a friend, you don't really, theoretically, you shouldn't be able to rely on summons as well. Because that would make the game too easy. Yeah, yeah. And that's not the point. So one of the other complaints about Elden Ring has been the PC performance and PC optimization. So I do want to mention that as well. Um, I'm playing on the PlayStation 5, so I've not had any issues. I've been loving the experience on the PS5. I'm playing it with in frame rate mode, so I'm not really pushing the bet ba- because there's, there's not even any ray tracing in, in um, Elden Ring right now. So there really is no reason to put it on performance mode. And yeah. in the style of games, the frame rate is key because they're so fast paced and you know it's all about combat. So I'm running on frame yeah. rate mode and I've had zero issues. I think the game has been flawless. Uh, Any time I've died has just been because of my own stupidity or frustration or trying to, you know, zerg something when I know I shouldn't do that. But sometimes Being it's worth greedy, trying. Though, okay. Yeah, sometimes it's worth trying to be greedy to see if you can do it. But never works out that well in these style of games. <laughs> I've died a lot. I've died a lot in this game.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is, it is yeah, very yeah.
0: challenging. It's very hard but i'm loving everything about it.
1: So i did have some questions about um like the accessibility cuz obviously uh, Sekiro won game of the year last year from the Game of the, well, no last year or maybe the year before that year from before. Game Awards. Yeah. Um, but that had a lot of criticism for the lack of accessibility in that because it was literally like this game is hard either get good or get off. Um so as a as a from software game for newcomers like the first one on the PS5, the first one of the new gen, like, how would you consider this compared to other FromSoft games? Is this, I know it's the same sort of question that Sean was asking, is this a good place to jump in, or would you suggest that people go elsewhere before getting to this one?
0: See, I, I think that's a conversation worth having, too, because Elden Ring is so popular right now, mm-hmm. and it is so on the forefront that I think a lot of people are going to be jumping into this game that have no experience with a Souls-like type of game. In terms of accessibility, there isn't that many changes. So it's still brutally difficult. It's more or less you do have to get good. You do have to understand the mechanics. You do have to dodge. You have to parry. You have to really understand the mechanics of the game and understand what makes a Souls-like a Souls-like. Mm -hmm. but because of the open world nature because of the fact that you have a horse that you get relatively early within like the first hour of the game Mm -hmm. and because you can summon this horse at theoretically any time and you can do combat on the horse as well it does mean that you can escape at any time so for example if you get overrun by like because there are areas where there might be like some ogres pulling a a a, like a, a carriage or something and like being escorted by 20 enemies or something like that. You could theoretically run in there and just start slashing your sword and and chipping away at their health. They'll chase after you. They're not going to mount up. Now, there are some enemies that do ride on horses, but they're already on them. You'll see that. Um, But they'll chase after you, but you're on a horse. So you can theoretically run if you get overwhelmed, if you get stuck, if you feel like you're not going to win, you can escape now and you never used to be able to in a Souls-like game. So the survivability has increased dramatically. Even though it's still very difficult, newcomers are going to get frustrated. Newcomers are probably going to get very frustrated and they're going to struggle. But there are ways to survive. And in previous games like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or even Sekiro, once you got aggroed onto like more than a few enemies at a time, the chances of you surviving were very slim. Here you like I said, you could take on thirty and theoretically still win because you can put enough distance between the enemies as you're running around with your horse to then chip away and take them down one at a time, even though they're all still aggroed on you, or you can just escape entirely and, and theoretically they'll go back to their position and forget you even exist.
2: <laughs> so it's it's
0: very much a an open world RPG. Like it's the first RPG really that From Software has done as well. Like, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, they all had RPG elements and class-based elements and type stuff, but this is a full-on RPG, and it's very well done. Um, I do think that it is a good jumping-in point as well for newcomers. I would, because of that, and because of how unforgiving the previous games have been. So Mm -hmm. I think if you tried to jump into a previous entry, you likely would get turned off to Elden Ring before giving this a shot. And chances are you will be able to survive. You're going to die and you're going to struggle. But I promise that's the point of the game. You will eventually get better either through leveling up or just by understanding the mechanics. Because the bosses do follow patterns. Even though they might not do everything in the same order, they're always going to use the same attacks. And once you have those attacks down, it just becomes dodging at the right time parrying at the right time and staying
1: alive. Okay, so I've, I've been, um, very much off, uh, I think I played, like, Dark Souls 1 and Demon Souls, um, and they were both very hard for me, so I kind of gave up on them, but I've seen, like, uh, Elden Ring's the big thing at the moment, and everyone's talking about it, everyone's saying it's lush, um, and I'm fair finding it very hard to, like, stick to my guns on the, I'm not gonna play it because I know what kind of game this is. And I know I'm gonna get frustrated and I know I'm gonna I know I might not see it through.
0: The beauty of it is though, is that it is co-op. So you could always play it with somebody. And even if you didn't have anyone that you knew, like if I wasn't available to jump into your game and help out or something, there are always sigils on the ground of players that are willing to help. Whether it's for a boss encounter, whether it's for anything in the world in like a hard area. If somebody's around, they will have their own summoning sign down to where you can pull them into your game and get help. A lot of the Souls community is is very friendly and helpful in that regard.
1: I, I learned a, um, a Souls uh, in joke today to what they lie on the messages on the floor. Is it try finger butthole? Uh-huh. You heard this. you heard this one before? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> T- today was my first experience to me oh, I thought that was hilarious um, I like that. That. that joke but yeah that's, um, that's been
0: something you've always been able to do too is leave messages for other players yeah, on the yeah. ground which has always and been really fun
1: it's like you get to a cliff edge and it's like there's like three messages that say jump jump just do it jump And then there's messages before that say, like, liars ahead and stuff like that. So I I like that from the community. I think that's very funny. Um, Which which reminds me a lot of,
0: like, the way Death Stranding handled its open world to where if you played offline, I feel like you got a worse experience because you didn't see some of the interconnectivity of the world that you would normally see being connected online.
1: Yeah, just very isolated, very, like, inside yourself in a bubble sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I've been um, I've been shown, like, the opening credits to this game, uh, like, the opening cinematic thing, and that was very lush, and I really like what they call it, the lands in between. Like, that's such a cool name.
0: I think you should give this a, sh- a chance. I honestly think everybody should give this game a chance because it is so good. There's a reason it's getting all of the 10 out of
1: 10s. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I just from the gameplay of the actual game that I've seen, it's just when someone dies and it splashes with that you died screen, it it takes me back to times where I got very frustrated with previous games. And so I'm not sure. I know this is a hard game. I'm not very sure. Hard, if got very hard. Very hard game. Very hard game. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've got the energy to put into it to get good. Like It's also it's never easier, to, it's good.
0: easier to get your souls back this time, too. Yeah. Because you can mount up on your horse. You can just literally run past all the enemies to the spot that you died pick up your souls and just run the fuck away on your horse like okay there's no challenge back anymore to like fighting back to go get your stuff like I've died with 30 or 40,000 souls before and was super pissed and then just jumped on my horse and ran past everything got my shit and then quickly spawned back at a you know a bonfire and called it a day (laughs) so again it's easier in that regard you're gonna die a lot but a lot of the frustration has been alleviated because of the open world aspect of the game as well, because they did have to make some changes because of that, right? Like an enemy on one corner of the map is not going to run and follow you to the other corner of the map. Like that's just not going to happen. (laughs) That just can't happen. All right, we're going to jump back to the music now. We have another block of three coming up. Let's kick things off with Ancient Dragon Lansu from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Tai Tomisawa.
3: Next up is
0: Morgoth the Omen King from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Tsukasa Sato. Last up in this block, we're going to be taking a listen to Godric the Grafted from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Shoi Miyazawa. I know we talked a lot last week on Elden Ring, but I'm going to say it's the only game that I've played this past week, and for good reason. But I'm not going to keep talking. I talked all last week. Kyle, I want you to talk Elden Ring, because
3: you gave up on Bloodborne. You didn't finish it. That's I was that's disappointed true. in you. However, you're loving some Elden Ring. Okay, well, I, I think that there is... Everybody compare, and I've been seeing a lot online, people comparing this most to Bloodborne. They're because like, I it's, feel like, because the- it's Bloodborne was the fastest paced of any From Software game to date. Right. And I think this is the most fastest now. Yeah. The most fastest. Yeah. And Sorry, Avengers <laughs> freaking out next to me, and I
0: was trying to kick him so he'd shut up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that and i've talked to you about this before the setting of bloodborne i think really turned it off for me that kind of 16th century gothic you know very very dark and broody setting i didn't do it for me nearly as much as this you know large open scale fantasy type world does i'm loving the setting of elden ring and really having an overall really really good time with the game too i do think that the game's more accessible also and and one of the problems that i had with bloodborne and actually the point where i stopped in bloodborne was the boss where you it's it's three different guys at the same time And one's shooting fireballs One's shooting arrows And one's got a sword or something like that And you're fighting these three guys all at the same time mm-hmm. I remember that one The run from the save point To him, or to them Is like a, th- a three to five minute run With plenty of enemies in between And he was destroying me And then sometimes on the way to him I was being destroyed by enemies also And that was really too frustrating for me. This game makes sure that that doesn't happen. And and in a number of ways. To get to that boss in Bloodborne, there was one path. But if I want to go somewhere in Elden Ring, I can go a number of different ways to get to most locations. I can sneak around people. I can... Go head on. I can hop on my mount and just run as fast as I can and hope I get past them. Or I can battle them on my. And mount. you will always get past them. You can always run away from everything, even bosses. Oh, like yeah. I said last week, you can start an encounter and run away from the area and deactivate that boss. You can get away, which, which I do sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think I broke so, the game um, in one part.
1: Do, do bosses health. Like, once you go out of, like, a certain radius of the boss, like, just to help regenerate, or you're able to, like, hit him and run away, and then come back and hit him.
3: If you go too far, it regenerates.
0: If you go go too far, it regenerates. But you can kite him around very large, or any boss, for the most, any boss in the open world, I should say. You can kite around
3: for large areas and utilize the terrain to your advantage. Okay. and I think that's that's one of the things that I like a lot more about this game than I enjoyed about Bloodborne was there are so many there's so many ways to approach any single problem or to approach any single encounter or area of the map you can come in from so many different directions and that's been really really... Helpful I don't mind dying And I don't mind Difficulty of games We've talked We've talked about this Right The difficulty of certain games I, I really enjoy Look at Cuphead You How many times Cuphead's you died in one Cuphead. of my favorites yeah. yeah Yeah And you look at games Like Hollow Knight Which everybody Absolutely. calls it Like the dark soils Of Metroidvanias Or whatever You know I, I love Hollow Knight I was addicted To that game Like crazy but Bloodborne didn't do it for me. And this game really, really is. The, something about this game is really capturing my attention. I love that if I get stuck on a boss, which I have, I can leave for a while and go do something else. And I can level up. I can find new gear. And that's exactly what happened. I got stuck on a boss for about an hour. And I, and not out of aggravation, just saying, you know what? I don't think I'm ready for this boss. I, I think personally, my preparation isn't there for my character. Let's go do something else. Well, that something else turned into like four hours of exploring other regions. Right, and that's so much fun. In uh, It was so much fun. In every corner you turn, every every behind every rock is something else to see. Yeah, you don't have to walk very far to find something. They ruined right. this map with shit to do. But, it, and I want to say too, while there are things everywhere to do, it doesn't feel crowded either. It doesn't feel like... You're bumping into things all the time, there is space to run, there's space to get away, but you move so quickly while you're on your horse, that you can, like you said, you don't have to go very far. And in doing that, in doing that few hours of exploration, I got quite a few extra levels, I was able to level up my health some, my, my dexterity some, I found a really good weapon, I found some new armor, and that was the push that I needed to get back into that boss and finish him, which I did and that was a really really satisfying. In fact, it was it was one of those things that when I finally killed the boss, I like stood up off my couch and was like, "Yeah." yeah. You know, I was <laughs> so I was so hyped about it. That that sense of accomplishment that you get in difficult games is unlike anything else. That's what I was telling Sean about that too
0: because I've been playing so much with him over the past week. So, one of the differences for me between last week and this week in terms of the difficulty and like going off and exploring on your own and and finding shit is that I'm now approaching the 50-hour mark, so I put a solid additional 25 hours in over the last week. I know I said on the show last week I was going to try to have it finished by this week. I didn't because (laughs) I've been spending so much time over the last week with Sean in his world, and I didn't get to play any of the multiplayer up until we recorded last week. Now I've been playing almost strictly multiplayer with Sean every time we sit down to play, and that is one of the things that I that I mentioned to him is that you know while it's fun for us to play together, he is missing out on like some of that journey and stuff because when you pull a player in to help you out, you can't mount up. Neither
3: one of you, the player that pulls the person in or the player that gets pulled in, you're both off of your mount while you're in. Co-op. I do I do think that that's something that probably didn't have to happen. I don't think much would be lost if your players can mount while in multiplayer. Right. I don't I don't think so either and. I know, I don't really have any complaints with that, right? Because it's from software's formula. So
0: they took the formula that they had for multiplayer in Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Sekiro, whatever, where you're able to summon cooperator, cooperators into your world to help you kill a boss. That was the idea in Elden Ring. However, because it's this giant open world, players kinda wanna play together. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. So people are trying to find ways to do so, and realizing the strict limitations of the multiplayer. So it is a little frustrating. I don't think it's enough to say, take it from a 10 to a nine and a half or even a nine, because again, it was expected because it's how they've always handled multiplayer. I just wasn't fully prepared not to be able to mount up or anything. Like I didn't think they were gonna take away elements of the game
3: for multiplayer as well. Yeah, that it's probably something that could have been could have been saved in the the mechanics there. maybe
0: something that could be updated once they realize how many people are trying to play this game together. You don't have to change the difficulty, which they have stated over the last week because players have been complaining about the difficulty. They've already said, we're not going to do an easy mode. Our games are hard, sorry. Good. (laughs) They're not going to do anything like Returnal did, where they, you know, change the difficulty. So, um, you do have to get good. You do. But the world begs to be explored. And if you have to be on your horse to do it best, because the double jump of yeah. the horse is really what allows you to not die when you're jumping
3: off of cliffs, for the most part, to get to areas that you couldn't get to on foot. You need your horse. There, in fact, that nice weapon that I found was only accessible by horse. Absolutely, yeah. You by had to double jump into the ruins. over wall. Yeah, you had to jump. I remember how to get it. Yeah, you had to double jump into the ruins to get it. And... I, you know, and right around these ruins that I'm at, I'm kind of in this, you know, it's pretty actually really close to the starting area. Have you fought the dragon down there yet? I've met the dragon.
2: <laughs>
3: Am I supposed to kill him? You do kill him eventually. He's part of a quest. Side okay, quest. Good. You don't
0: have to kill him for main quest. Um, he's part of side quest. But I recommend attempting to kill every dragon you come across because they drop dragon hearts and you can turn those in for as a currency for something. Okay, I won't tell yeah, you I, what, but you do I, need them.
3: That's the other thing, is if you find a challenge in this game, you will be rewarded for completing that challenge. Every oh, yeah. single oh, yeah. difficult area Everything. you locate Give it a shot, because if you can get through it, you will be rewarded for your efforts. Every ruins, every area everything. on the map has a cellar everything. to find a chest. Every everything, there's dude, there's so much stuff. And the game is so light on dialogue and narrative. There is a there is a narrative that goes through. There are some small. Like you said, side quest narratives, but there is no quest page that you can look at and see what quests am I on. And there's no markers on the map to send you to certain quests, right? You just have to remember who you've talked to and what you're doing. And there's very few people to talk to anyways. But as I'm running around, I come across a couple of humans fighting against a couple of trolls. They're just in a battle in the middle of a field. Mm -hmm. I became the third party of that battle. You know, I butted my way right in. No idea what the conflict is, but there was a neat little conflict going on there that made the world feel really alive, really lived in. You know what's fun about that kind of shit, too,
0: is if you're on your horse and you run up to those battles and just kind of, like, run through, they'll keep fighting each other, but you'll get credit for the kills. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I've done that. Yeah, it's it's one of the best
3: ways to grind without doing anything in the right. early levels right and and if you go a little bit north of that like you said there's ruins there that have some little cellars in them that you can go down but there's also some zombies sitting in the ruins that are all facing one direction and they're chanting and praising a dragon. And, and you can hear them, and there's no dialogue on screen, but if you listen closely, they're saying the dragon's name and praising him and chanting him and praising his, his wondrous fire breath or whatever they say. You know, it's just this weird little intricate detail that's put into the world that makes that world feel really connected and Have really you come alive. Across
0: any of the enemies that are singing
3: like a no. beautiful
0: song? Like a, like a, like a female, female vocal song almost.
3: Ah, geez. Are there mermaids in this game? Sirens? No, but they sound like sirens. Okay. No, I've, I've not found any of those. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you hear one, run after it and, and try to find
0: it because killing it will give you something. And like
3: I said, it always yeah. does. And, uh, there's always usually some fun notes around it too <laughs> that players leave behind. <laughs> the, I've got to say, man. I, the other day, I started up the game, and you know, sometimes when you start up your PS5, it, it takes a minute to connect to the internet. So I started up the game, and it said not connected. And I said, "I'll wait, dude. I'm not going to. I'm not going to play Elden Ring without being connected to the network, because the notes that players leave behind are
0: and the bloodstains. The bloodstains blood are, are
3: hugely beneficial because 20%, that twenty percent, twenty percent of the reason that I'm having fun. Those notes are so funny. Those bloodstains tell me if I can jump safely off an area or not, because I can see people
0: died there, or notes will tell me, like, if there's a hidden wall to slash at, or, you know, secrets or tips or something. Like, it does help you out in terms of finding shit as you explore as well, because somebody else likely already
3: found it before you did. Except that almost every note telling you there's a hidden wall is wrong. Is fake, yes. However... Still worth attempting because there are a lot of hidden
0: walls in Elden
3: Ring. Okay, well I've not found any yet. I've I've been slashing at the ones where the notes are telling me to, and they're all liars. I found about ten so far
0: <laughs> up to nice. this point. Hidden walls—they're all over the place. Um, but that's something Fromsoft has always done, right? They they've always put like hidden walls that you have to attack in order to you know get through. And to, there's only there's always usually just an item back there. So um, definitely worth trying. But I don't think I'm gonna get bored with this game anytime soon. Like even when I finish it, I'm still having fun just running around the world trying to find things that I haven't discovered yet.
3: Well, I think I think that a new game plus would be very very fun in this game. I know that there I know is, it's there, there is new game plus. There is yeah. new game plus. Yeah. But I think that running through that would be a total blast. Oh, I plan to. I think, and I plan to do it as a different class,
0: like. I'm having so much fun right now with my prisoner hybrid mage blade build. Like, I went off and finally found the Sword of Night and Flame. Um, I have the one of the strongest builds according to players right now in the game. Um, the, the sword that I have, its weapon stance, like its L2 ability, when you hold that down, it changes your R1 and R2 attacks. So your R1, R2, you, st- you still have your light and heavy attacks, but when you're holding L2 down, R1 becomes a, like a blast of arcane energy almost, like a straight line blast. And L2 becomes a sweeping fire attack. And both of those attacks are OP as hell. So where I'm at now, I can run back to those early areas and take on like the bosses that were giving me trouble and kill them in about three hits with just the arcane blast of the sword that I'm using. Yeah, It is insane. Awesome. It's insane how powerful that sword is and how strong magic really is in Elden Ring. I do think magic is probably the most OP ability you can do in terms of, you know, being at ranged, killing people before they even know you're there, and then continuing on. So I think I'd want to do a melee build because it will completely change the game for me.
3: Yeah. That, and that's that's how I'm playing is a is a melee build and having a blast with it. Sometimes wishing I had magic. All right, guys, we have one more block of tracks to listen to, so we're going to kick things off. This is actually
0: two tracks in one, basically, but they go together. So we're going to start off with Song of Honor from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Tsukasa Saito, which is going to fade naturally into Starscourge Redon, from Elden Ring, of course, composed by Shoi Miyazawa. Next up is God Devouring Serpent from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Yoshimi Kudo. Last up in this block, we'll be taking a listen to Rinala, Queen of the Full Moon from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Yuka Kitamura. ¶¶ All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that little spotlight episode on some of the music found within Elden Ring. I highly encourage you, if you're a fan of what you heard on this episode, go check out the full soundtrack of Elden Ring. It has 76 tracks on it, and it's absolutely amazing. And if you aren't playing Elden Ring right now, figure out what you're doing with your life. Play some Elden Ring probably going to be game of the year especially since Breath of the Wild 2 was just delayed till 2023 so definitely play Elden Ring it is so good guys it is so good but that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this episode we do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible of course by RPGera.com If you like video game music and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to our Discord server where you can jump in, chat with us. Bedroth had an interesting discussion going in our VGM music channel asking for people's favorite composers. I put a list of like 10 Japanese composers in there. Oh, it was a good time. But yeah, if you're not in our Discord server, jump in there, chat with us. Taking us out of this episode, we're going to be taking a listen to The Final Battle from Elden Ring, released February 25th, 2022, composed by Tsukasa Seito. See you guys tomorrow. Keep the music playing, and keep it loud.